Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to another bonus short lecture from the History Teachers Talking Podcast, where Tom or I will lecture on big topics in little time. For more information, you can visit us at www.historyteacherstalkingpodcast.com or visit evergreenpodcast.com. The colonists who landed on Roanoke Island off the coast of what is now North Carolina in July of 1587 were 90 men, 17 women, and 9 children. This was 20 years before John Smith reached Virginia and 35 years before the Pilgrims reached Massachusetts. Among those that landed was one Eleanor Dare, the daughter of the colony's governor named John White. She was also pregnant. The child, apparently named Virginia Dare, would be the first European child to be born in a new world, officially. The governor stayed for the birth of his granddaughter, but then shortly thereafter wound up sailing back to England to arrange for additional supplies that were needed for the colony. He would return three years later. By then, all the colonists had vanished. The clues? Really only one. Crowden carved on a post, and in a nearby tree, an unfinished word, crow, C-R-O. Before departing, White instructed the settlers to carve a cross in a nearby tree if they were indeed in trouble. Croatan confused him, as Croatan Island was a location of friendly Indians. Had they gone to join them? While he initially looked for them, bad weather soon forced his hand, and White had to return back to England. In an attempt to understand how they themselves could survive in a new world, John Smith of the Virginia Bay Company and Jamestown Settlement would later on lead many expeditions in search of his predecessors. None ever found any. So what really happened to the lost colony of Roanoke? Many people do not realize that there were two Roanoke colonies. The first was organized by Sir Walter Raleigh. In April of 1585, he sent 100 colonists in seven ships to the New World. They arrived at Roanoke Island later in the year where they built a fort and appointed one Ralph Lane as their governor. Their colony of Roanoke became the first British colony in America, two whole years before the lost colony. The issue lay with the fact that Lane and most of the colonists were soldiers. They had no desire whatsoever to colonize the area. Their idea was to make Roanoke a base to attack nearby Spanish ships en route from South America. The idea was get rich as quickly as possible on Spanish treasure, build some houses just to survive, and eventually return back to England. As for their food, they depended very heavily on friendly Indians, but the latter soon grew very weary of them, especially when the colonists kidnapped the son of a powerful chief and held him hostage until the chief gave them information on other tribes' defenses. By the spring of 1586, the colony was falling apart. Supplies were gone, and the men could no longer count Native Americans as their allies. Fortunately, help did appear on the horizon. Ships commanded by Sir Francis Drake. Drake's mission was very similar to the original colonists of Roanoke. He also wanted to use the area as a base from which he would attack Spanish ships and steal Spanish treasure. Not finding much luck, and with heavy storms sinking four of his ships, Drake decided to sail back to Europe. With him went the remaining colonists of the first Roanoke colony.
I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of the new Medal of Honor podcast from Evergreen Podcasts, brought to you in partnership with the National Medal of Honor Museum. In each three-minute episode, we'll learn about a different service member who distinguished him or herself through an act of valor. We'll include stories from the Civil War to Iraq and Afghanistan, and from all branches of the military. We'll talk about service members who were overlooked for the medal at first due to their race or religion, and about those who were celebrated at the time. We'll hear stories of soldiers like Audie Murphy, future Hollywood star who mounted a burning tank to hold off German infantry in World War II. And people like Dr. Mary Edwards Walker, a Civil War Army doctor and the only woman to receive the Medal of Honor so far. Learn about these heroes and more wherever you get your podcasts. The second Roanoke colony was actually a lot more prepared than the very first that everyone forgets about. For this next colony, instead of an authoritarian soldier such as Ralph Lane, Sir Riley chose a new governor, an artist by the name of John White. These new colonists were more interested in building a colony, more so than trying to attack any Spanish ships. The initial settlement was supposed to be at Chesapeake Bay, not far from the eventual Jamestown colony. However, the ships somehow ended up at Roanoke again, instead of the Chesapeake. The ship's pilot was a Portuguese man named Simon Fernandez, who dropped them off at Roanoke and then quickly continued on with his real mission to attack Spanish ships once more. When White inquired as to why they could not go to Chesapeake Bay, Fernandez explained that he had once heard, quite correctly, that the Chesapeake area had very warlike Native Americans, and at one point, those very same Native Americans wiped out a Jesuit mission in 1570. White, therefore, agreed with Fernandez that perhaps staying at Roanoke was not such a bad idea. However, shortly after the birth of his granddaughter, he decided to depart Roanoke to go back to Europe and ask for more provisions. Unfortunately, during this time, the Spanish had grown very tired of British privateering and decided to fight back. The Spanish Armada was on its way, so Queen Elizabeth of England decided she could not take any chances. In April of 1588, she ordered all ships capable of any war service to stay near England. Because of that, it was not until 1590 that White was finally able to return to his colony of Roanoke. After failing to find anyone that survived, it would not be until after Jamestown was established and set in 1607 that any new search would continue in earnest. That same year, one George Percy of the Jamestown colony described seeing a Native American with a head of hair of a perfect yellow and a reasonable white skin, which is a miracle amongst all savages. John Smith would also state in his writings that an Indian chief told him of a certain man clothed just like him at a certain place further down the river. Another colonist spoke about a rumor that he heard from Powhatan, the father of Pocahontas. According to this story, the colonists did head north. The Roanoke colonists found their way to Chesapeake Bay. There, they would live in peace for roughly about 20 years with the Chesapeake Indians. But then, around the time of the establishment of the colony of Jamestown, Powhatan went to war with the Chesapeake Indians. At that point, it was Powhatan's forces that slaughtered both the Indians and 
the friendly settlers. This would be the story that the Jamestown settlers actually settled on. Archaeologists to this day continue to search for clues as to what actually happened to the lost colony of Roanoke. Some theories being as wild as claiming that the colonists were lost at sea, that they try to get back to England, they build themselves somewhat of a boat and try to cross the Atlantic. Except, as with everything else that deals with Roanoke, none of these have ever been proven. Hope you guys enjoyed this week's lecture. Tom and I will be back next week with another full episode. I hope everyone enjoyed our podcast, and if you would like to email us, you can do so at historyteacherspodcast at gmail.com. Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today.